Promo Kitchen is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. If you want to get more involved, please visit us on the web at promokitchen.org. One of the ways you can get involved is by donating to our cause. We rely on our community for financial support to help cover the cost of producing our educational content and our networking mixers. You can donate today right from your phone at promokitchen.org donate. Thank you so much, and let's get started with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. We are a community-inspired conversation featuring guest suppliers, distributors, and service providers discussing insights into the $20 billion promotional products business. My name is Mark Graham, co-founder of CommonSkew, and I'm delighted to welcome Rich Patterson, owner of Patterson Brands in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. On today's show, we are going to look at the perception of our industry as a place to start one's career. Specifically, we'll look at how high school students perceive us and how they compare us to other lines of work. I wanted to interview Rich after reading his blog post where he shares the story of him talking about the promotional products industry at a high school career fair. What makes this experience unique is that Rich was speaking alongside technology giants who arguably have the upper hand from a brand perspective. This discussion gets at the core of how prospective employees and entrepreneurs see our industry, how we can compete for talent, and when is actually the right time to enter this industry in the first place. Born and raised in a small town in Canada's Rocky Mountains, Rich grew up camping, hiking, and skiing. Rich graduated from Simon Fraser University in 1992 with his Bachelor of Arts in Communications. He has worked in government and the private sector in senior PR and marketing roles, most notably as the marketing manager for Roots. Since 2005, Rich has owned and operated Patterson Brands, one of Vancouver's top corporate gifts, swag, and licensed merchandise distributors. Welcome to the show, Rich. It's great to have you with us. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. So, Rich, I want you to tell me about the DOT 2016 that you were asked to speak at and represent your company and the industry to a group of fresh-faced high school students? Yes, well, it was early October 2016, downtown Vancouver, and it was 400 high school students from the lower mainland of British Columbia, and they were invited there. These are all technical high school students, so grades 10, 11, and 12, young ladies and young men, and they are already studying technical fields, and I suppose they are headed in towards that career. And this was to hear about careers in technology from head offices in Vancouver. And I could only read between the lines that we were invited Patterson Brands because we were the only non-tech company. So I think we wanted to give students an idea of, yes, there's a Hootsuite who's based here and there's Microsoft head office and there's all these cool technology firms and opportunities, augmented reality, virtual reality. But there's also this sort of old-fashioned industry called promotional products. And here's Rich, and he'll tell you a little bit about how his industry is changing and where there might be opportunities there. Right. I love it. So the introduction is 
And there's also this other industry that's a little bit more old school. And here's Rich to tell you a little bit about it. And you're like, thanks for that warm introduction. <laughs> well, in a lot of ways, it's hard to argue with it. It's like, yeah, we are kind of old fashioned, you know. And I'd had an opportunity, and I'm really thankful for the team at ASI. I spent about 20 minutes on the phone with some of the team members there a couple of weeks before the speech and just got their impressions of technology impact on our industry and some of the demographics inside of our industry just aging out. And it's it's shocking, you know, we're, we're old. Our industry is old in a number of ways, and we need to get young. Yeah, and I mean, what a great opportunity for you to go and do this. And I think that that's in a funny way, that's actually one of the, I think, advantages of our industry that it is seen as an old school industry. It's seen as an also ran industry if you were to be really negative. And I think the opportunity is when you're a representative of the industry that is not those things. If you're young at heart, progressive, creative, entrepreneurial, and doing things that are really moving the bar, then you stand out a lot more if you're representing an old school industry than if you're all those things and you're representing something cool and sexy like tech where everyone is like that for the most part. So I always find that there's an opportunity to really stand out because you're different than the perceptions of the industry. I totally agree, Mark. And I shared some of those demographics and stats with the crowd. And frankly, that kind of fell flat. You know, like I said, it's a $25 billion industry. And I shared with them that it's the older demographic in the industry. So there is that opportunity and all that. But where I thought the crowd really saw interest was I was trying to share, from my point of view, the state of the industry where we do have some amazing point-and-click e-commerce sites now your four imprints and you know amazon might be getting in the game or alibaba and they do what they do very well and then there's the other side of it where i see my business more of the consultative and the marketing and the high design and those kind of things so how do we bridge from that point and click type of e-commerce environment and i think that's the tremendous opportunity and i think some of the kids got that because if you can marry those things across you're going to have a terrific business in 10 or 15 years yeah I mean, I love the way that you've positioned that because there's no question that if you're technically minded, companies like 4imprint could be of interest to you because they're very technically sophisticated businesses that have got these e-commerce operations that have mastered the transactional side of our business. I mean, much like how Amazon has done that in kind of broader e-commerce. But I think that that is great. But I think what's even more interesting to someone who is technically minded is how to bridge that with that real personal interaction that you can have with companies. I mean, it's something that we often call engagement commerce around common skew. And we kind of think about like, what is this? How do you marry high technology with high touch? And those two things, I think, really are defining what sets the most successful suppliers and most successful distributors apart in 2016 and beyond. And I think that's a pretty exciting thing to enter if you're someone who's in technology, because the whole idea of humanizing the experience is what we need. We don't need more robots. We need more, I say around here, we need more love. We need more interaction. And I think that technology can deliver that in a way at a very human scale. Yeah, I agree. And I think some of the kids there got that because I stayed on that idea for a while just to give people an idea that you know those e-commerce sites, to my mind, have definitely... They're good, but they peaked at, to me, they've kind of peaked at the scale or the channel that they're serving. You know, there's not really much more they can do. 
If you know what I mean, like, are they going to reach through this keyboard and do it for you? No, you still have to do the order. So that's all fine. But what's that next step? Like we were saying, what's that next step of humanity, the next step of consultation? If they figured that out, oh my goodness. I'm just glad because I don't think they actually will. Yeah, I mean, they may, and you certainly see brands today, I think particularly, you know, you find it more on the B2C side that have been able to marry those two things. Like I think companies like Warby Parker, Bonobus, Trunk Club, Frank and Oak out of Montreal are all great examples of maybe more B2C brands that have amazing technology experiences, but are also incredible at building human relationships. And that's what I think successful companies are doing today. So that's neat that you positioned our industry kind of in that light. So Rich, you're at this tech event. You said that you're the only person in the promotional products industry that's presenting. What was it like to be presenting alongside all of these other rock star companies? And then there was little old you. How did that make you feel? Frankly, it felt like a poor cousin invited at the last second to the party because it was daunting. As I said, there was VR, virtual reality companies there, augmented reality companies there, data collection companies, and then Microsoft, of course, and and Electronic Arts. And it was really difficult to stand next to them. I I followed Electronic Arts, and that's how bad it was. I was like, oh my God. The audience was about 80% young men, and I'd say 100% of those guys wanted to be game developers. So... It was really difficult. They just love the EA guy. When he spoke about the software titles they develop here in Vancouver, which ironically is they only develop two here. It's mostly a head office, but that's what every one of those guys seemed to want to be in the room as a game developer. Right. Well, it got me thinking, Rich, that I think that the promotional industry has traditionally been an industry for salespeople, right? So you come in, whether you're on the distributor side or even on the supplier side, it's a business of selling stuff. And if you're a good salesperson, then you can make a good living by being in the promotional industry. You can make an even greater living if you're a good salesperson that's creative and strategic, but you can also just make a good living selling stuff here too. So I wonder whether part of this, as we look to present the promotional products industry to sort of this next generation of employees is describing it in terms that go well beyond sales. Because if you're someone in the audience and you're doing engineering in college or university or even in high school, chances are you don't want to be a salesperson. You don't care about that. It may even be sales for EA. You're not going to do it. You want to be sitting there cranking out code or cranking out great designs for a game. So I wonder whether there are opportunities for us to describe the different types of roles in the promo business beyond just being a salesperson. Do you think there's merit to that? I totally do. If I was going to do it again, and hopefully I get to go back and speak again next year, I would approach it a bit differently with the kids. I would go at it from the creative side. Uh, what's the creative ability? What are the technical roles exactly? And I, I guess I would have to think outside of my small business, Patterson Brands, because we're more traditionally what you spoke of, salespeople, and that we're all, because we're a small business, we all do everything. We're all the social media experts, I shouldn't say that, but we're all the social media guys in our office and, and ladies, and we're all the salespeople, and we're all the technical back-end people, and we're developing Magento web stores ourselves, and it's a lot of work. But I, I think you're on the right track. Is it go in and say, these are the type of roles you could have. You could develop web stores. You could develop Shopify. Develop your own creative line of apparel. Yep. It's an interesting angle to pursue. And something I just thought of right now is I mean, Rich, 
while I would agree that you're a salesperson more than a web developer in your role at Patterson, but what you are more than anything is an entrepreneur. And you're someone who has started your business. You've been able to grow it nicely. You've been able to make a good living from the business and you're continuing to grow and make an impact in your community as well as your clients, right? I mean, I don't think you'd argue with that. And at the end of the day, that's what I think kids, whether they're technically minded or whether they're arts minded or sales or marketing oriented, don't care where their orientation is from an academic perspective. The bigger picture is that you're an entrepreneur. You have created a great small business that has set you up for success. And I often think about my experience when I was getting into this industry. I didn't know anything about this industry. And like a lot of the kids in your high school audience, I might have seen this industry as a bit of a joke. And I don't feel that way anymore, obviously. But at the time, I certainly did, probably due to my lack of education and exposure to things beyond the traditional professions. But for me, what I was really interested in was an industry where I could build a business and I could exercise my entrepreneurial muscles. And I always said that this was the greatest industry for me to join because the barriers to entry weren't high. And you could get a business off the ground fairly quickly without a huge amount of capital outlay and risk. And then from there, you could build something really special by building a brand, opening an office, hiring employees, all that kind of stuff. And I think there's something to that because selling promotional products might not be overly exciting to some high school kids, but doing a startup or creating your own business, that is pretty darn exciting. And that's actually pretty sexy, just like developing games are. So I wonder whether that's an approach that we could be taking as an industry. What do you think about that? I do. I think the entrepreneurial angle is really strong and it's got a history in our industry. I mean, I've forgotten the gentleman's name, but if you think of those uh, two fellas that founded starbelly.com 15 years ago, it was before its time, but it was the point and click promotional products. It was the right idea. I just think it was before its time and it, and it missed the mark. So that's just what happened. But it's a great intro to entrepreneurial thinking because those guys pivoted and that became Groupon, right? So that thinking led to Groupon. I feel very strongly that it did because that kind of thinking about merchandising and fulfilling product, uh, it, it became Groupon. Yeah, yeah. Rich, why don't you take me back to the time when you were in high school? So I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the people you were speaking to a couple weeks ago. Tell me what you were doing in high school and what ultimately led you to the promotional products industry? Well, it was so long ago, Mark, I don't know if I can remember. <laughs> At least 75 years ago, right? We still had typewriters in my high school, if you believe that. And Max, we had both. Wow, there you go. Funny enough, I thought I was going to be a journalist. God, I dodged a bullet on that one. If you talk about industries that are gone by the dinosaurs, that's, that's one of them right there. But yeah, I thought I would be a journalist. So I always had, I always, I think I always had an idea about communications and marketing and branding. And so when I decided against journalism, that's what I pivoted to was marketing. And I went to Simon Fraser University and did my communications degree. And that led to a bunch of sort of senior, well, entry level, and then those developed into senior sort of public relations and marketing roles. 
But uh, I honestly didn't know I would end up in this industry. I, I could not have predicted it. In fact, I'm, I'm sort of like you. Not that I would have thought it was a joke. I just really didn't even know about it. If that makes sense. It, it was never on my radar. Yeah. But tell me about how you got into things then. Oh, well, it was really simple. I was living in Toronto at the time and met the two gentlemen that owned Roots Canada, which I also was so naive. I didn't really even, I, I owned a Roots sweatshirt when I was in high school, but that was about it. I didn't really know about the brand. And I met those guys at a party and we hit it off and I ended up working for them for about seven years, uh, nine years actually, but about five of them were in Toronto and the other four were out here in Vancouver. And when I was working for them, I was in a couple senior sort of branding and marketing roles with them. And I saw these guys and friends who were in a different department at Roots that were selling corporate swag. That's the first time I ever sort of knew about the industry. They're selling to companies. They're selling 500 Roots sweatshirts at a time or 2,000 leather bags or whatever they were selling. A lot of camp business, as you know well, and all sorts of really cool clients, NBC and all this. And I saw the way they worked and the amount of fun they were having. And then I saw how much money they were making. I went and I switched over into their department to that side of the business and started selling root stuff. And, and I was just bitten, just bitten right away. I was like, oh yeah, it was everything I thought it would be. Right. So it's interesting to hear that trajectory because it sounds to me, it's similar to what happens to a lot of people who get into this industry is that it takes them a few years and it could be still early in their career, but a lot of people just really kind of fall in or like slide into the industry as opposed to studying it in high school or in university. And I wonder as an industry, whether that's a bad thing or whether that's an expected thing, because I think that you have, and I'm just really speaking off the top of my head here, I think that you have some more traditional professions that have worked their way into the education system. So they would be management consulting, banking, the legal industry, the medical profession, tech to some extent with computer science. Marketing disciplines that are formalized in education, right? Yeah, exactly. And but when you say marketing, when you think about it in the traditional context, it's usually ad agency, packaged goods, companies like P&G. And those are companies that have really shaped the educational agenda. That's not a criticism. But I think about the promotional products industry it's an industry that has really benefited from this broad-based education. And for you to fall into it later on in your career isn't entirely surprising because it's not like there's some sort of promotional products track that you would have at university. I mean, I think that that may happen at some point. I know that ASI and PPAI are talking about that, but I just think that we're an industry that's a lot more aligned around either sales or entrepreneurship. And those are usually things that you find out about, not through a traditional education in, in high school or university. I think they're things that come to you when you're out in the real world. I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. That we have these other event companies, experiential marketing companies, where they're acting like a boot camp. My best two salespeople came out of events management and the other one came out of experiential marketing. And it was like a boot camp where they got trained in client relations, sales, project management. And then they were also, because of those industries, they were exposed to a lot of swag. So they both knew about, you know, understood from a buyer's side. And that was really great because they understood from a buyer's side what it took to get good product, design good product, price it right. Yeah. I think that you make a 
brilliant point there, Rich, in that our industry, I'm not sure, is really one that is ready for bringing students in at that very young level. Now, I'm not suggesting that's a bad idea. I think that intern programs and, and the like likely make a lot of sense. But if, if I think about my experience, certainly in the building of Right Sleeve over the last many years, and even think about our experience with Common Skew, as well as the conversations I've had with many people across the industry, is that often your best people are found after a couple of years of experience. It's because they're a little bit more oriented towards the working world. They may have a network, as you say. They may have some experience with promotional products. They've perhaps been a client. And all of those things, I think, set you up for great success within our industry that you may not be set up for success in the same way if you're just fresh out of school and you're coming in with literally no experience at all. It may be a very challenging environment for you to be in. That's very true. So it's like maybe we're like the master's program equivalent in school. You know, you come to us after a couple of years. So Rich, I'm curious from your perspective, how you think our industry can start attracting the best business talent from schools and not lose them to the usual suspects, like the ones I just mentioned. Is it something that our industry should be doing or should we be more focused on attracting those folks upstream further on in their careers? Yeah, the more we've talked about it this morning, I, I feel like that organic type of growth and assimilation of people who've already been trained outside, it's not that bad. I realize that PPAI and ASI are working on some endeavors right now, but I'm not sure if we'd ever be able to go in, into an Ivy League business school with a straight face and say, like, your best and brightest, your MBA, they should be coming straight out of there and straight into, you know, I just don't know if we could say it. I don't know if it would work. And why do you feel that's the case? I think it's really because of those other competing sort of mainstream banking world, the ones that are dangling $200,000 checks right out of school to graduate students. I don't know if we can compete with that. Traditionally, and I think it is the right approach, we are sales organizations, and that is the remuneration. It's based on sales, based on results. You know, it's not a massive consultancy type of structure. Not at least as far as I can see from most of my friends and colleagues in the business. I know you, I don't think your business would flourish like that if you said, yeah, I can write a check. I can do five new hires this year and they're all going to get 200 grand a year. No. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this conversation because I think it's getting at the root of some of our industry's insecurities. And I also think the realities of the industry as well. But if you look at the sales profession, and I know the sales profession covers well beyond the promotion products industry. People in the sales profession will often say that the gap in university and high school is not offering formal sales training to students. They don't teach you how to sell in university or in high school, at least not the places I went to. It was all more structured around those more traditional industries. And I think that sales is the kind of thing that you often learn in the real world. And you only really get good at it after some time in the real world and have been rejected a bunch of times. And then you learn how it is that you overcome those objections and be a good salesperson. So I think that our industry really belongs not in the Ivy League programs where you're competing with Kraft and Procter and & Gamble and McKinsey and Facebook. I think that's fine. Why compete against those folks when they've got the competitive advantage over you within that environment? However, 
if we move over to organizations that teach entrepreneurship or organizations that teach sales or even organizations that teach creativity and graphic design, that is a perfect entrance point into the promotional products industry because our industry offers an incredible exposure and education for people that are coming out of those fields. And I think that's where we need to be. And I think we spend so much time comparing ourselves to these other industries. And I think at the end of the day, we need to be playing where we're the strongest as opposed to looking up to other places and going, oh, I want to be like them. I think that's silly. No, I I see what you're saying for sure. The college level and the technical college level. So we have a great school here in BC called BCIT, British Columbia Institute of Technology. And I've had at least four interns come out of there through their marketing department. These are paid internships, but that's not expensive to have the students in. And they've been great students. They are studying on a daily basis the kind of things we were talking about there, which is sales, marketing, design, some sort of packaged goods, events, that kind of thing. So I found the students to be quite well-rounded and interested, definitely very interested in getting some on-the-ground type of experience. Yeah. And I mean, technical colleges, absolutely. And I think that you're also starting to see entrepreneurship added to the curriculum at the more traditional universities as well. And what I say is go after those programs because I think you're speaking their language and you're able to offer these opportunities right out of the gate to either have a great sales career or to, you know, have your hand at starting a business. I mean, I think about the kids that you were speaking to, and I also wonder whether this might be an angle. They're all obsessed with becoming the next Mark Zuckerberg and having the next startup that is going to disrupt such and such a space, right? Yes. That's cool. I mean, that's the mindset that they're in at that particular time. And so if that's what they're thinking, there are huge opportunities within the promotional product space to disrupt, whether it's through technology or whether it's through creativity or whether it's just a brand new model. And if that's their outlook and disposition, well, have at it, folks, because there's a lot that's broken in this business that could be changed by some smart, creative, innovative young grads that can apply some outside thinking to the problem. Like That's hugely exciting. And it's a huge industry as well. I totally agree, Mark. Well, Rich, this has been such an interesting conversation. And I think that what caught my eye is when you had shared your experience with the school and you went out there, you went out on a limb and represented not only your company, but also the industry within a pretty tough environment. And I think you walked away with some great learning experiences, as well as promoting our good industry to a potential new crop of employees. Well, I hope so, Mark. You know, and as I said, I'm staying in touch with the event organizers and I would love to be a part of it again next year. And again, having done it once, I would then hone the message a lot. I would change quite a bit. And I've also been encouraging, sent a couple notes to the event organizer, encouraging them to diversify even further. I think that while it's neat to have your electronic arts and your Microsofts, those are given, you should definitely have those companies or have a Hootsuite there. But there's some other really amazing companies in Canada that are technology focused. Just a piece of them is technology focused. You know, there's a car company here in Vancouver called Electra Mechanica. It's founded by one of my friends, Jerry Kroll. And they are manufacturing from the ground up a car right here, an electric single-seater car. And they're doing everything in Vancouver, the chassis, the electronics, the batteries, the whole system, and the body shell all being developed and manufactured here. And I think those kids would love to hear from Jerry and just getting, you know, this is another opportunity. Everything to do from the social media 
to programming, to batteries, to everything about that project. Yeah, for sure. I think that reflecting back on that time in my life, I often think about how narrow my perspective was. And I think that that's commonality with really any person in high school. They haven't had a chance to really live their life, so they don't know about a lot of these things. And I think that the greatest service that we can do to younger students is to expose them to so much more than the sexy things that they're reading about in whatever the hot business magazine is of the time. And to be sure, those careers are absolutely amazing to pursue as well. But exposure to these other things is, I think, what creates more well-rounded society. And I also think, selfishly, it brings some great people into our industry that might not have otherwise known about it. Absolutely. So on that note, I hope that this conversation has inspired the listeners of the podcast to go out, kick some ass, spread the word, and continue to evangelize the great things that people are doing in our industry so that we can continue to grow and make sure that we continue to be relevant in the marketing mix. I agree. And if there's any listeners out there who have a chance to do this in their community, I really encourage them to do it. I'm available if they want to call and sort of bounce ideas off and talk about the audience they think they'll meet and what they might say. And so I'm available. I think speak on Mark's behalf, I think he's available too, because he's a great wealth of information and a real mentor. So I thank you, Mark, because you're a mentor to me and you're such a value to this industry. I thank you very much for what you do. Well, it's been an honor speaking to you, my friend. Thanks for making the time and have a wonderful day, Rich. All right. Thank you. You too. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.